the Modern Black Man Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Modern Black Man Podcast. I've got a very special guest today, an advocate for our youth, Mr. Jalonzo Bateman. All right, welcome everybody. Um, it's nice to be here, you know, with Brian Gold, um, advocating for a young, you know, male black man out here. We've got a show. We just want to talk a little bit about the current state of events. Um, I know that we've had some really good conversations. Uh, just you know, kind of fellas' night tonight watching the game and just having some good conversation and uh, wanting to get things kicked off. I know that the most recent topic of conversation has actually been about black patriotism. Um, I know that I can speak for myself. It is a major problem in my world. I know that I am upset uh, and I'm doing something about it. Uh, I think that our young people are misguided, miseducated um, and school systems across the country about this country and our stake in things. Uh, obviously, this podcast is coming to you from the nation's capital. Uh, we're coming from Washington, D.C. And uh, just to be more specific, uh, we were talking about the District of Columbia. I don't think that most people understand that this land was designed by a black man, a free black man, uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Benjamin Banneker, um, one of the hottest mathematicians of his time, an engineer uh, years ahead of his time. Um, the reason why this is so important to me, obviously, uh, talking about this topic, is that our young uh, Black youth don't have any sense of pride and they don't have any connection to this. Um, I don't think that the feat really sits in with them, nor do they have anyone to celebrate it. They don't have anyone to uh, express to them the significance of this achievement for them to take that pride. And I think that as black men, it's incumbent upon us to take the initiative and begin this conversation. I think that it the burden lies squarely on our shoulders to instill our children with uh, uh, some sense of pride in their lineage and their ancestry and where they come from, because the American dream is our dream. Uh, this isn't something that can be parsed from us. Uh, I don't care who you are, unless your parents have come from continental Africa within the next or the last couple of generations, you're five, six, seven generations removed. And this is what your people have done. Uh, you know, these people were taken from their ancestral land and they were brought to a foreign land to where many had fallen to disease. Many had fallen to, 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 to the wild um, in, in, in this new place. And we have thrived. Um, we, we, we have been here for hundreds of years and we continue to get better, but we never really celebrate the struggle. We really never celebrate this achievement. Um, you know, they came over on the Nina, the Penta, the Santa Maria, the Mayflower. They, they, they drove over here in a sense. We were chattel. Um, and, and we are at the 
heights um, uh, of, of greatness. Uh, we, we have not fully arrived, but we will continue to strive. We will continue to grow. We will continue to learn. And I think that having a, a base of knowledge, uh, a foundation to build upon is key for us as a people to realize our destiny. With that being said, I'm not trying to be too heavy tonight. Um, that was just the last topic of conversation. Um, I just really think that that's something that we should think about is what we're teaching our kids. I think that um, it's easy for us to look at the lessons that come out of our textbooks. It's easy for us to see information uh, superficially and not really delve deeper. But if you look at cities like the District of Columbia and you really uh, assess things and think a little bit deeper about who did what, when, <laughs> where we are, <laughs> we know why. So that's just what's on the top of my brain right now to kind of ease conversation. Uh, I can tell you that um, we're, you know, just hanging out tonight and uh, there's so many different things going on. Um, I know that NBA season is, you know, it's, it's really picking up its momentum. I'm actually going to a Wizards game tomorrow, so hopefully we beat the Knicks. Go ahead and call it here first. I'm calling the Wizards 111 to 98, but we'll see. Go ahead, give me my money. Um, <laughs> we're watching the Celtics tonight. Uh, it's been a pretty good one. Uh, what do you think uh, this season's shaping up like? Do you think that the power conference is going to be in the West or the East, Lonzo? What do you think? I'm gonna go with the uh the West only because the West has more solid, solidified teams outside of the Lakers. Oh, okay, so not the Lakers. Uh not the Lakers, because okay. like it's like maybe six teams just better than the Lakers right now. Who are those teams, man? Six? Yeah, so I'm gonna go about six. So, you know, obviously Golden State Number one. Okay. Then you have the Rockets. Two. You have I wanna throw in um You said the, six. The Pelicans. Okay, that's three. The Pelicans will throw them in there. I'm gonna help you out with the Trailblazers. Trail, yeah, Trailblazers. That's four. Um, I'm I'm kind of like in between. If you say the Clippers, I'm gonna lose my mind. No, I was in between on the Spurs because. Oh yeah, Let's they're they're, they're right there. They, it could be a you know even trade between the Spurs and the Lakers, but I'm giving it to the Spurs only because of coach. All right, who are we missing? That's five. That's five. That's five. I mean, that said, Thunder. They're out west. So you think they're going to make a splash this season? You think they're going to they're going to do a little damage? They're they're stronger than the Kings because you know everybody's talking about the Kings. They're six and three. They're starting off right now. De'Aaron Fox is looking like a young hot boy. He's looking like he's got a little bit of skill right now. I really don't know, but finish it up with that with with that six spot at the uh, OKC Thunder. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, the Thunder. Only I'm picking them only because they have just a tad bit more experience. Okay. As far as when it they comes, they are to, older. They are, and <laughs> it's just more of can Russ stay healthy? And right now, Paul George is dealing with uh, a leg injury. I believe it's like a is it the same a, leg he broke? Um, I believe so, like a a dead nerve type of issue in his foot. So okay. that could be a lingering issue. It could be fixed. But it's going to take months to fix it. But what about the Rockets, though? I mean, Melo's on the squad. I really can't tell you that he's making a difference. But 
I, I don't kind, know. I mean, James Harden was all they needed at one point, and then they started trying to stockpile talent like he's LeBron James, and it just doesn't look right. So yeah. with that being said, we're going to talk about the Lakers next. What, what were you saying about the Rockets? The Rockets right now, they're, they're off to a rocky start. Huh. And I, for me, will they be in it at the end? They make the playoffs, but they I don't know if they'd be a top three team, though. So the Rockets aren't a top three team in the West or in the NBA? In the West. Wow. Okay. I don't okay. see them as a top three. I, hey, I mean, I can tell you that out West, obviously, I hate Golden State. They are ridiculously loaded with talent. They have five all-stars starting. They have the best name the position. Um, it's sick. It, it really, really is sick. Klay Thompson is not even a good NBA player. But he's an amazing NBA player. So we'll talk about that later. Um, that's number one. I, I can't tell you who's number two in the West. Um, you've got a, a, a Trailblazers team that just looks like they are ready to grow. But I don't really know if they're ready to go. They've got Lillard. They've got McCollum, Nurchik, Yurchik, whatever the guy's name is. You know who he is. The Vanilla Gorilla, seven feet tall, doing it all. That guy. Um, I really think that that's going to be in the top three. So who's number two? Uh, number two. Who's number two in the West? Yeah, I would say the Pelicans would be number two. Yeah, the okay. number two team. Cause, it's um, easy to forget about Anthony Davis. Yeah. Right. They're, they're, they're built solid all around. I yeah. mean, Drew Holiday's looking amazing. Right. I mean, I saw him last year in the postseason. He looked like he had playoff chops. Yeah. I want him to go back with Miritich, and I want to see what they do as a cohesive unit. So that's number two in the West. Yeah, number I, two. I can that's- dig it. I'm an Eastern Conference guy. I told you. I'm. I think that the Boston Celtics are the Warriors of the East. I think that uh, Kyrie, Gordon Hayward, uh, uh, Jason Tatum, Horford, and everybody else they have in that squad is an interchangeable All Star. I think that they really are going to make some ruckus in the East, and the Philadelphia 76ers are their nearest competition because the Raptors are the third and only other team you can talk about in the East. Everybody else has fallen off, including my favorite team, the Washington Wizards. They um, they don't want to win. Let's just be real. Let's be 100. You know, I, I'm really, really good with my words. I don't want to be good with my words right now because I'm going to the game tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be a lot like tonight. I'm just going to have to sip on something and see what we have because – These boys don't want to win. They are scared. You can see it in their play. Um, They started off last night. um, They they look great against OKC and Russell Westbrook, right? The first quarter, they looked like they were going to, you know, really do something. They were in the lead. They, They looked poised. But then something happened, and they never recovered. What is that? From my opinion, I just think they just, they, when they do these type of things, they play down to their opponent. And that's a really bad habit, especially if your team is trying to get into the playoffs in advance. Because if you play down to all your opponents during the season, what's really going to change when you do get into the playoffs? If you get to the playoffs. Because they barely made it last year playing that type of way. And got kicked out first round. So 
I have I have an answer for this, and I didn't forget about the Lakers. Um, I have an answer for this. The answer is Dwight Howard. What's good? Let's get it. The second answer is Austin Rivers. I think that these are the two guys that we're going to have to lean on and ride throughout the season until we see Bryant uh, in about uh, April, April, March, maybe, if we are blessed by God to bail us out. But I think that's the answer because they're playing scared. I think Dwight Howard is going to surprise everybody this season. We're going to keep him next season where he regresses again and looks like the Dwight Howard of old that we know. Um, But Austin Rivers is made for the Washington Wizards. He bangs those threes. He pretends to play some D. No disrespect. You know, no disrespect to Doc's kid. But I I think that that's what we're hanging our uh, season on, hoping and praying. I'll be able to give you some uh, firsthand intel tomorrow. Anybody at the Wizards organization, if you're listening, um, go ahead and uh, see attachments in the show notes. You can give me those tickets. We can do a live broadcast from Capital One Arena. No problem at all. Congratis, you know? Um, but that's what we're holding our season on is, is, is those couple of guys. Because John Wall's an established all-star in this league. He's great at point. Uh, he can score a little bit. But Bradley Beal's their primary scorer. Otto Porter is their toughness, their heart and soul. And right now, he's uh, – I was say Otto Porter is the X factor. He's the X factor. I mean, tell When he's having a great game, the team just flows. And when he's not having a great game, he can, it's, it's obvious. It's obvious. I couldn't agree more, man. Um, Otto Porter is an absolute beast. He just has to want it. I mean, I've seen him fight like a dog out there. I've seen him look incredible and, you know, just kind of bumping into this guy, knowing this guy, a humble, hard worker. He doesn't even like to go out to restaurants because he'd rather cook at home. He's a guy that is all about being the David West on the team. He's all about being the grit on the team. But... He's got to relax. He's got to come down a little bit. He's got to, you know, really want to bump into um, adversity, man. He's going to have to calm it down a little bit and just just realize where he's at in the moment and stop fighting so hard. He's good at things. He is great at shooting the three. I remember a couple of years ago, he was over 50% from uh, outside the arc. That's a talent. He can do that. He can board. He can D up. He can do a lot of different things, but dude's got to relax, and he's got to see what we need him for and really be that Swiss Army knife, that utility player, and he needs to stop trying to be uh, Mr. Intensity or the tough guy or the grit guy, the sandpaper, whatever you want to call it, because I'm tired of going to these games and watching my squad lose. Like I said, um, I want to talk about the Lakers. Is that is that is that pretty much what we got with with our Washington Wizards? Because I'm getting depressed. Yeah, that's, that's all we got. I mean, no, because you know if they go like two, three more games like this, I thought you were going to say forty and something. Oh, <laughs> no, they got they go two, three more games like this. You got to think about shaking up the starting lineup. And yeah, first ten games matter. Yeah, because my thing is you have. Uber who comes off the bench. Thank you. It's great they come off the bench with intensity, but you might have to start the game out like that because they don't finish the game with that same intensity. I'll never forget about these Lakers, but 
Kelly Oubre, could he be the sixth man of the year? Definitely. They have to give him more playing time, I think. And that's um, – what's his name? The coach. Uh, Brooks. Brooks. Scott, Scott Brooks. Brooks. And that's always been his his, down, his downfall is time yeah. and not putting people in the game who needs to be in the game. And he kind of – when Oubre got suspended that playoff game, instead of putting him back in the game that last game, he didn't play, he didn't play him at all, which I thought was a mistake because – he was the one who actually carried that team defensively. And he didn't put them back in that game, that whole entire game. And they lost that series. Kelly about that business, man. He's a KU guy. Anybody that plays ball in the Midwest knows that they're going to be taking care of you. You are a professional athlete the moment you uh, play uh, at, at the Fox. So he's being groomed for this. He's refined for this. It's time for this. Um We'll, we'll see what Scott Brooks does. I'm not going to go on a tangent about Scott Brooks, the things that make me upset about Scott Brooks, about him having access to three MVPs and dispersing that team, because that's like a whole episode. Like, like that's a whole episode. We're 20 minutes in right now, and I really don't want to freak out right now. So I'm going to breathe, stretch, shake, and talk about these L.A. Lakers. Um, LeBron James, the greatest athlete to ever pick up a basketball is doing his thing. He's the hardest, one of the hardest players to assimilate to, play with, and get to know and build a basketball chemistry with. And I think that one of the greatest tells in watching a LeBron James team is seeing where his coach is at about, you know, the first 10 games. I love it. Luke Walton has the easiest coaching job in the entirety of the NBA. Um, he just really has to provide a proper platform for LeBron to excel. And we see what's happening with uh, the brilliance of Magic Johnson um, being in that organization. They have identified some deficiencies um, in, in, in playing with LeBron. What do you think um, the Lakers are going to have to do uh, over the next 10 games to really, um, you know, find their groove, their, their, their place in uh, the NBA this season? Well, I would say they would have to figure out their point guard situation mm. because it's always it's this back and forth struggle, Rondo or Lonzo. And like I said, I, me personally, I believe Lonzo is the way to go. I believe Rondo is more, you know, off the bench guy mm-hmm. who can carry the bench players, you know, rather than having Lonzo carry the bench players. Have you more experienced point guard who's older, who's aging, guide these younger players and put them in position while these other two guys are on the bench? And Kuzma is one player that no one talks about because he's been kind of washed out, especially with their whole media. You washed! Like, I guess their media beef, him and Lonzo, whatever. So, you know, he's been thrown under the bus or whatever. But he's by far their third best player other than Ingram. Look, I, I know uh, Kuzma's teacher from uh, Flint, Michigan. I know uh, Mr. Jackson is watching you play, Kyle, and he's he's concerned about a lot of things, just like I am, Kyle. Um, we know where you're from, man. Chill. Just play the game. You're doing great, bruh. You ain't, ain't, nothing, ain't nothing we need to talk about, dude. Just just relax, man. Enjoy this season. Uh, learn. You are learning from LeBron. Your ears are open, bruh. 
you're doing what you need to do, but your squad, we can't get Rondo's brain and put it in Lonzo's body. That's just not going to happen. We've got to let Lonzo play his um, little little game. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call these young kids, these young boys. I'm not gonna call them out their name, but you know the type. Uh, he finally got that haircut. Uh, I ain't seen too many tattoos, right? Uh, but he's about to be. What's that? What's that little rapper's name? The one they always make fun of that was on the. You want to go ride motorbikes? Is that little Uzi? Yeah, yeah, Lonzo. That's what he is. You're you're the little Uzi of the league. Um, I can talk as much ish about you as I want. I can you know try to disrespect you as much as I want on my little radio show. But you got the moves. You got the sauce. You need to really do something with that, and you need to stop trying to you know trying to be whatever it is that they're telling you you are because you will define yourself on that basketball court, and LeBron James can lead you. You're the point guard. You need to protect the rock, and you need to set things up, and you need to orchestrate that offense the way that you need to orchestrate that offense. It's it's going to happen for you if you just put it together and play a little bit of chess and stop playing these checkers. Can we please talk about LeBron now? All right, LeBron. Well, for me, is like talking about LeBron is just like, not really much to talk about in in a sense because he oh, comes no. out and we've he got so much to talk about in um we've got so he's the greatest basketball player to ever live. He is literally the greatest point forward, point guard, guard forward, forward, double, double, triple, OG Loke I've ever seen on hardwood. He is the Picasso of the paint. Do you understand what I'm saying? The man can do anything. The only obstacle LeBron James ever has in in, in this NBA is, is really everything working against him, whether it's the refs that won't get him the calls because this season he actually has been at the line a lot. He he doesn't get the calls. This season he's, he's getting them. I think things are about to break for him because if we had to criticize anything in his game, it's that he's in the 70s. I'm being generous. He's in the 70s from the line, and that's an area for improvement. If he's able to get these calls, improve from the line, able to maybe sprinkle a little bit more sauce on there and defend that much better and really play a style that allows his team to thrive. I'm not saying pass because he's the greatest point forward to ever live. He's the greatest passing big man we've ever seen. I'm not saying he's got to pass the ball more. I'm saying that he's going to have to create spacing and play with his team to where these other guys can show out. Like Lonzo with this newly developed shot. Like one of the greatest three-point shooters I've ever seen in KCP. I ain't going to say your name, bro, because it just it sounds funny to me. Um, I'm moving forward. Uh, if he could just be a better teammate to Kuzma, who is – yeah, bro, I know where you're from. You're the poor LeBron James. LeBron, we know where he's from, too. But, like, you are kind of like the poor man's LeBron James, Kyle Kuzma. You kind of like LeBron. You feel me? Like, you cool. You are a better shooter than LeBron, but he's, like, such a better basketball player than you. I don't want that compliment to blow your head up. I'm speaking to you directly. Let's talk about the team. Rondo, coming off the bench, could be a facilitator for Lance a facilitator for Beasley, 
that young Wagner. He could be a facilitator for a lot of other guys who are is unheralded an appropriate word. Then you have Chandler, who's possibly signing with the team the next week or so. So now you got so. another big man to compliment Javel McGee because you have Chandler McGee who aren't going to take shots. Right. They're going to be cleaning Stop. the glass yeah. and getting the ball to who? I want to say LeBron, but no, it's not true. They're going to have to get it to your real point guard, Lonzo Ball and Rondo, because these guys are going to have to learn how to defer better, just like LeBron. Uh, Lonzo can do it. I think Lonzo is a, a, a decent scorer. He's not good inside. He's not really a good shooter, but he's a he's a, he's a cool scorer. Yeah, he's like the modern day. Much, Ooh, modern day who? Tell me, Jason Kidd. Mm-hmm. Like Jason Kidd, Jason find- Kidd. Yeah, he's, he's he's like ace and kid because he didn't find that J two later on in his career. Yeah, I think it's gonna happen for Lonzo. That's and a, that's a great he has comparison. to like wanna he has to accept what he has and work on what he don't have right. and use that to his advantage. Because if you can pass the ball, pass the ball. If you can make plays, make, make plays. plays, and then just work on your shot every season, and yep. then eventually it's gonna be there. Bro, year five, Lonzo Ball is gonna be a very interesting piece. He's going to be a very, very interesting piece. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things that everyone gets on him about is his shot. His shot. Like, think about this. John Wall didn't have a shot for, like, what, his first five years John into Wall? the game. And then eventually it developed over time because he learned to use the skills that he has. And then by him using the skills that he has, yes, this he has a long way to go. Yes, he does. But he developed a jump shot now, which makes him more of a threat. John Wall is a lethal three-point shooting threat, passing threat, ball handling machine. Who uh, needs to? He needs to do a lot, bro. He needs to. Let's not yeah. let's not talk about him, but let's praise him so I can move on and keep it positive. Because Lonzo Ball is a great comparison to a young John Wall. A young Jason kid. He doesn't have any J's in his name or his game, but things still stay the same. Um, we need to just, you know, support this uh, mulatto brother and get him to get into the next level because I do think that Lonzo will be a machine. I think he's going to eventually become an unstoppable force. Uh, just look at his numbers. Uh, he's not a, an elite scorer. Because you can't tell me he's banging inside. You can't tell me that he's a shooter. You can't tell me that he is in any one category, but he fills up the stat sheet. And playing with a guy like LeBron James and his little brother, Kyle, um, I really think that there's good things in store. So awesome uh, comparison between those two players. Uh, I love the NBA. I know that... um, you know, we, 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 we've covered a lot in this half hour. I'm not trying to ruin anyone's commute. I want to try to keep those vibes up. I want to keep those vibes good. And I, you know, usually ride out the show talking about a little bit of music, um, which I'm going to have in the next segment. Um, so please uh, digest some of these thoughts. Think about... Um, this NBA season and what we really need to do teams, uh, specifically the Washington Wizards and the LA Lakers. I know you're listening. I know you have somebody in the organization that's placing ears on this podcast. Uh, just digest uh, the recommendations that uh, NBA experts, pundits, 
like us are uh, are giving you. We're, we're throwing up gems. These are golden nuggets of opportunity for you guys to refine your game. I am not available for coaching, um, at least for all 82 games. Obviously, if we have a shoot around situation, practice, scrimmage, uh, balling up at the rec, uh, you know, catch me at Lifetime Fitness, Planet Fitness, LA Fitness, any of those places that you see infomercials for 24 hours, uh, fitness, please holler at that boy. I got you. We can we can write up a couple plays. You can take it back to Luke. He's not going to be there the rest of the season, but I'll get you on point. We we can do this. Um, stay tuned for the next segment. Uh, we're going to digest uh, some music. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more and involve the conversation. Like I said, uh, this is what's going on right now 